0: Hello ladies and gentlemen Welcome back To On the Island A podcast about Survivor Pretty much all the time I'm your host Taylor Gaines We're back to discuss Another episode Week number 6 of Survivor Season 40 Winners at War Quick on the draw An episode where we got two tribal councils Two people Sent home to cut our number down to just 12 people left on the right side of the beach obviously eight people living their lives out on edge of extinction but a lot of action to get to tonight and with me to break it down as always he thought people respected realness it's tyler b commons
1: what's up welcome i'm happy to be here um I feel like we have to address the elephant in the room before we really dive into this episode, though.
0: Uh, I don't know what you're talking about.
1: (laughs) You don't know what elephant (laughs) i are talking about? Taylor, for years and years we've been talking about how this isn't a basketball podcast. And now both the NCAA tournament and the NBA playoffs are canceled, so we can't even pull out analogies anymore. (laughs) How is our podcast going to survive?
0: I don't know if it will. I don't know if I'm... uh, Okay, let's say coronavirus is sweeping the nation. Uh the not world. a good thing. And I personally was traveling when things got really bad. So now I have returned and entered into my own version of quarantine just in case since I was traveling. <laughs> and I'm officially on day 2 and it's it's terrible. How are you doing?
1: Uh I'm good. I mean I guess I told the people I moved back to Florida. Currently, I'm job hunting, so it's like I've Tough been, time. Quarantined, have been quarantined for like a month already. So <laughs> day-to-day life hasn't changed for me, if we're, being, if we're being completely honest. Oh, my
0: God. Well, fortunately, day-to-day life doesn't really change for our podcast because you and I have been practicing social distancing for years. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I love seeing all the memes that go around of... Uh, it's like introverting oh we've been practicing social distancing for years <laughs> this is our lifestyle it's
0: it's just yeah. funny. Everyone else well, is living the way i live i guess what i mean is as far as our podcast this isn't gonna affect us at all you guys should expect to hear us at the same time every week because we record from separate locations and uh i'm not too worried about this being affected and i actually found some solace in survivor Being something that exists outside of all this. (laughs) Like, since all of this started getting really bad and businesses started getting shut down, the sports leagues, as you mentioned, started getting shut down. It's been hard to even read like a single blog post without referencing it. Like, even Mm -hmm. sports articles like Tom Brady signed with the Buccaneers, which I'm tempted to do a whole podcast about. (laughs) (laughs) Even something like that is like, mentioning COVID-19 in the midst of it because it's happening under that cloud I guess and Survivor seems to exist outside of all that because it was recorded and edited already it takes place in essentially what is an alternate universe people living on their own island so it truly feels like an escape from all of the depressing news all the social isolation of recent days and something that we can just really enjoy separate and apart from it all
1: yeah. And thankfully it has been, as we've said over and over, th- this is just a good entertaining season. There's a lot, a lot happening and it's, it's a lot of fun. So yeah, in the midst of chaotic times where people are staying home, um, this has been a nice break on Wednesday nights. It's It's super fun to get back and watch this show on what has become a very, very good season so
0: far. Yeah, and it's nice to be able to sit here and record with you something that was part of our normal routine and is pretty much the only part of my routine that still exists. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, we got a lot to talk about. I mean, obviously, I was out last week traveling, as I mentioned, and as Ty probably mentioned briefly last week. So I have been catching up. Since I've been gone, they have been divided into three tribes, and I'm... Obviously, Ty discussed this a little bit last week, but we can break it down a little bit by tribe here for this week as well, since two of them got to go to tribal council. I think it's easiest to start with the green tribe, which I believe is Yara, as they were initially Sarah, Sophie, Ben, Adam, and Rob. And obviously, Rob was felled in last week's episode, and you're left with the four of Sarah, Sophie, Ben, and Adam. The only real action we got from them this week was talking about how disrespected they all felt by Rob and (laughs) how everything is good and happy and the witch is dead now. And they're all just living in paradise other than Adam, who's still kind of questioning his position (laughs) in the tribe. And then they went out and won immunity and reward, peanut butter and jelly not the only peanut butter eaters this episode. We'll talk more about that. And uh, got to avoid this deadly tribal council episode. So uh, with all that taken into account, what have you made of this tribe so far and the dynamic they have built there?
1: I think it's interesting how far on the outs Adam appears to be, yet the, the four, the group of four seems solid. I think, like you said, the the witch is dead Rob's gone Rob's not there forcing everybody to sit around in their
0: little hut for four hours just waiting yeah, for yeah obviously and we didn't get to talk about this but just what a what a like a bluff what, what a terrible move by a guy who's like allegedly a legend I, I I think it's something we can talk about a lot over the course of this episode but it was like an old school player trying to keep playing the way they know how and just being way left behind in the dust
1: yeah he just he's used to being in control and uh, last season he got to be in control they built an idol head Uh, they referenced that like he's uh, he was stuck in the past and that made that tribe just really hate him and it was funny i said this in last week's episode but literally it just took ben right before they go to tribal mouthing the word rob to sarah sophie and adam to get them to vote him out like everybody was so unanimous when he thought he was in control so it's just it was tough to see that but to see them out there having fun uh, it's good it's good to see that they are enjoying it because wendell even said at tribal at some point this season is about the relationships outside of the game which is normally not what they try to talk about but everybody There's those events together, and you got to see people, I think, generally enjoying their time and not feeling kind of oppressed by the big gray cloud that was Rob at their
0: camp. And I guess it paid off because they just skirted on through the immunity challenge.
1: Yeah, that was a tough immunity challenge, by the way. We don't talk about it, but like, letting (laughs) those giant bags of rice in the water, like, uh, it's, uh, it's just crazy.
0: That puzzle at the end, which was like some kind of effed up Rubik's Cube. Seemed to be like you couldn't really tell if you were almost done or not. It just kind of happened. It was kind oh, of a tough yeah. puzzle.
1: Yeah, last week's is is really difficult. Wait, was that last week's? That was last week's. This oh week's well. It, okay, it, I'm it I'm catching the, up. That one the was ball good. Rolling
0: maze. Oh, the ball rolling maze. It didn't look like a very hard ball rolling maze, but maybe they were worn out by then. It seemed I think like they were worn out. It was definitely one they've used in individual immunities before. But you know how they sometimes they make it harder, like for the third ball to land than the first ball. Like mm-hmm. all three were the same. It was the equal difficulty level.
1: Yeah, it was the same path. You didn't have to send them to different places in the maze, which made it uh, kind of less difficult, probably.
0: Anyway, apologies for my confusion. I watched all three of them go to tribal land last night because I. Uh, finally got back and was able to watch it all but that tribe is interesting and really represents what I think has been the flow of this season where there's these huge larger than life players who get a lot of airtime and quieter winners who all of a sudden step up and like become huge threats out of nowhere which we saw multiple times in this episode one specific example that we'll talk about but Sophie and Sarah have both been pretty quiet. Sarah was particularly quiet in her season too. And now all of a sudden they're like probably the strongest duo out there right now that I can think of. And they're in a good position there with Ben, I think, on their side and Adam kind of begging for scraps. So I I think that tribe dynamic is interesting, but obviously I don't know how long we can keep up tribes of three when there's only four on each one.
1: Right. It's definitely feeling like it's time to Um, mesh. But yeah, Ben, we talked about Ben's social ineptitude, but it seems to me like he has definitely created a bond with Sarah and Sophie, which is good. And Sarah and Sophie creating a bond is good. You know, it's, it's fun to see if maybe that Yara supersedes the celly to call lines that we had before the tribe swap becoming three tribes instead of two.
0: Yeah. And I guess it's two, two already now with Sarah and Sophie versus Ben and Adam, but it sure doesn't seem like it's broken down that way i will say that was one of the more fascinating things to watch on the previous episode was them walking in with a 3-2 advantage and it feeling like they were not in an advantage at all like it so quickly felt like two versus one versus one versus one <laughs> that you just knew that there was no way they were going to come through so good up two good eps in a row honestly six good eps in a row if i'm being honest <laughs> really <laughs> good season all-
1: They've all been really good with a lot of play that seems subtle, but really, really strong.
0: Yeah, and some of the more subtle players tried to step things up this week to their own detriment. <laughs> Do you want to talk about that now with Sandra and the Red Call tribe, or would you rather talk about the Bachelor-like drama of the Blue Tribe and let's, Selly first?
1: <laughs> let's let uh, let's watch The Bachelor before we get to the real beaten potatoes
0: of what this episode was, in my opinion. <laughs> I'll tell you, Ty, I don't like this. I don't really come to Survivor for Bachelor-style content. I kind of just prefer good old-fashioned strategy and backstabbing and the social wit and wiles of the West. But, alas, we've walked right into what appears to be a pretty acrimonious relationship (laughs) between Wendell and Michelle, Michelle, where... I think it was the previous week's episode she was just like he thinks he's hot shit and in this one they just continue to have awkward conversations Wendell is like I guess before we get into the framing of each specific person in the context of this show like what do you just what do you make of all of this?
1: I think that that tribe is in just such a weird spot because it is the 3-2 of Michelle and Parvati and then Nick, Yule, and Wendell. And it seems, right. you know, like the other tribe was. It should have been a simple 3 2, even though the other tribe was a little more hectic. But then you have this, like we talked about outside the game relationships, Michelle and Wendell is weirdly abrasive, weirdly toxic. And it, it, we love Wendell. We talk to Wendell, but this show is painting Wendell to be a villain.
0: Hey, they kicked it, Ty.
1: They kicked it. <laughs> But it's, it's so funny seeing them both. So this is what I was thinking as I was watching it. Both Michelle and Wendell are trying to play both sides of the alliance and getting mad at each other for doing it. Because Wendell's sitting here telling Parvati, you know, give me your two tokens and I'll vote however you want me to. And Michelle's talking to Wendell, trying to pull Wendell in with poverty, and trying to vote for someone else and they're both getting mad at each other for playing both sides and that's that's just another added layer of the drama that I don't really understand other than I think they both just genuinely don't want anything to do with each other.
0: It sure seems that way. I like, I, I don't know what happened obviously, it's a very personal outside the game thing but like they seem just unable to avoid it and it's like so strong that you're like why did these two even like each other in the first place (laughs) like they both just seem like they can't even stand talking to each other but nonetheless the game had to go on i i think like it felt they were forcing the villain narrative a little bit with wendell like He still seemed like he was kind of just trying to play the game and do his thing. But the editing was sort of like, isn't that evil? (laughs) And like, I'm not saying he's handled it perfectly, but I just didn't read it quite as negatively as it was being portrayed. What did you make of that piece of it?
1: Well, I feel like the season that he won, Dom stole the show as far as being the center of attention. And now Wendell is being asked to be the center of detention, the decision maker by both Michelle and Parvati. And I don't think he's comfortable necessarily in that role. That's why you catch him saying things like, I'll stab you in the back and I'll stab you in the front. It doesn't matter. I think he's just used to being a guy that everybody likes that's quiet and builds furniture and dope shelters and all this stuff. And and when you do say stuff like that, it's easy for a show to edit you as being a bad guy. If you say directly in Tribal Council, I'll stab you in the front, stab you in the back, doesn't matter as long as I win, then it's really easy to paint the picture of you being an
0: unlikable jerk. Yeah, not only was he put at odds with Michelle in this episode, he was obviously put at odds with Parvati, and it ended up coming down to the two of them for who was going to be sent home. They had an interesting conversation as fire tokens have really started to become a part of this about whether she would negotiate her fire tokens with him to stay in the game. And that didn't pan out because the two of them seemed unwilling to give any ground to each other. But I really like that aspect of it. And obviously we'll talk a lot more about it later. I think if you introduce fire tokens in a season with noobs, it wouldn't work. But with people like this, they realize that everything is just about leverage. And it's been fascinating to watch that get integrated.
1: Yeah, it's it's really interesting bringing in this new thing. Because we still don't... I guess you can buy an idol. But it, does, it seems like there needs to be be bigger value because at this point there's so many tokens and everybody is trading them and like we'll get to even the Decal tribe that was a big center point going into tribal and Wendell when he was finally you know backed into a corner he's like I'm not concerned with fire tokens I'm concerned with numbers so he's trying to backpedal from caring about fire tokens but seeing this new thing that everybody suddenly cares about a lot more than they did the first few weeks is uh, interesting it's a fun dynamic because like you said they are all playing well and trying to gain that
0: leverage over the other tribe mates and in the end three two parvati voted out gave her tokens to michelle on the way out the door the only other person we haven't talked about is that swing vote in there which is nick it's it's interesting with, with a group like this where there's obviously an advantage in numbers but naturally like on the supreme court there's always a middle person who's the swing vote like Even if you know that there's three of this tribe and two of the other tribe, one of those three is always going to be the one that's closest to the middle. And Nick happened to be that person. No budging from him this time, but I've enjoyed seeing him and Yule maneuver their way through the game so far because they're both making moves on the right side of votes but have not brought any attention to themselves, which, as you know as we've talked about, is a tough balance to pull off because if you don't bring enough attention to yourselves, people don't think you deserve to win. But Mm -hmm. in a season like this, hopefully this is a good start.
1: Yeah, and I I think to touch on the Bachelor-style drama, seeing that it was 3-2 almost makes me feel like what we were shown while it was entertaining didn't actually affect... Votes. It didn't affect the way it was going to go because Nick, Yule, and Wendell in the end just stuck together and got rid of Poverty. So it's like it's fun and it's entertaining. And now Wendell looks like a bad guy, but was Nick ever really going to switch over to Poverty? Yeah, it was his high school crush, but it it didn't (laughs) feel it didn't feel real. It didn't feel like the drama we were being shown actually impacted the way the vote was going to happen either way.
0: I think that's right because if you watch. Parvati's interview with Survivor like exit style interview that they put on their Instagram she basically says like I didn't even realize Michelle was out talking with Wendell about whether she could do something to to help herself out with me going out the door and obviously that conversation didn't go super well but like Michelle was willing to throw Parvati away because that wasn't the most important thing to her Mm mm-hmm nonetheless michelle's in a lot of trouble on that tribe unless something changes yeah
1: seeing it's weird to see a lot of women being sent to exile island
0: well so far it's five women three men on exile and there's still five women left in the game out of the 12 so It's not totally out of balance yet. (laughs) We'll see what happens. There is one thing that's way out of balance, which we'll talk about a bit more as we wrap up here, but that is the scale of old school players versus new school players who are being voted out. It is not balanced, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and we can get into that. But first we should move to the red to call tribe, the third and final tribe now, where things are probably more up in the air than on any of the others. I think the green tribe, Adam, is clearly the bottom with him, Sarah, Sophie, and Ben. And as we just talked about, the blue tribe, Michelle, is probably clearly the bottom with Wendell, Nick, and Yule. But on this tribe, it feels like it's really anybody's game, especially after the move we saw this week from Denise, which was easily the biggest move of the season. Obviously, we've waited a while in this episode to talk about it, but easily the biggest move of the season easily the flashiest move of the season and probably the biggest move as far as swinging someone from being mostly invisible on a season of this scale to all of a sudden blowing everyone away. And if you didn't catch every single thing that happened, she negotiated with Sandra to get Sandra's hidden immunity idol Gave her one of her fire tokens, told Sandra she would give her the second one after the vote, then played that idol to save herself, played her own idol that she had found in a previous episode to save Jeremy, had all four votes from everyone else come on her, and then decided to send Sandra home herself in just just an amazing move. What did you make of it, Di?
1: I loved it. As soon as, because it it struck my brain probably a few minutes before they went to Tribal and before it happened, but seeing Denise play Sandra like that was just incredible. It it was fun to see this person who's like larger than life, and then they get to Tribal and they're talking about like the juggernauts of the game versus like the wimpy losers that nobody really cares about. That like, did they win? I don't even remember. And. literally Sandra at the beginning of Tribal throwing Denise into that category and then Denise being like, mm. oh, I have my own plan. I'm going to make my own thing happen. It was it was one of the best moments to see. It's, it's always fun when a big move is made, especially when you're blindsiding somebody who feels very safe and secure. But then to do it on another level where it's Sandra, who's the only two-time winner, who's played five times and all this extra bit of knowledge and info that she has to see denise step up and actually look sandra in the face and convince her that she's going to make a deal and she's going to get this idol sandra thought she was playing her because this is the last one tribal that it was available and then she was yeah. just going to send jeremy home like I, the way that she was able to compose herself and have the, those conversations and then still pull it off in tribal was just incredible incredible to watch
0: it was unbelievable because it was like a move on top of a move. Like Sandra was making a huge move as well. And I think we've complimented her previously because she has been kind of skating along despite being the only two time winner and the other person who had a giant idol built for her and still seemed like she wasn't even a threat. She's like sitting out every challenge like, Oh, no one pay attention to me. I'm weak. And then, all of a sudden you got to see her kind of emerge from her cave for a moment where she's like, listen, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you two, or you're going to give me two of these. I'm going to give you your idol. And that's it. And like, they obviously got distracted. It was a great scene. They got distracted by someone coming by and pretended to talk about like cupcakes. And then there's a moment where the person (laughs) walks away and you see her face like go right back into game mode (laughs) and just be like, so what do you think? And it was just, like, so cool. I felt like you're like, oh, this is what it's like to watch one of the best players do their thing. But meanwhile, the entire time, you have another winner, another great survivor player, (laughs) doing her thing. And, like, scheming to take out Sandra to give herself the most power anyone's had at any single point in this game so far and take Sandra out herself. It was like... The difference between watching high school sports and professional sports <laughs> because sandra could have made that move work on any person who hadn't played before and probably half the people in like most groups of winners that you put together <laughs> but not denise
1: no and it's good i i just loved this moment because of how they built Denise as being so helpless and so, like, you know, why even bring her back? People don't remember her. And we talked about this preseason. She's one of the people I don't really remember. And seeing that she still has it, I just thought it's so interesting because, like you were saying, not helpful at challenges. And they were throwing her under the bus as being not a challenge performer. Sandra sits out every time. So I don't understand how you can... It's funny because I feel like they're being portrayed as giant, massive Mount Rushmore winners with Rob and Sandra and then everybody else. And then Denise is like even a step down there, like Denise is with Michelle and Ben, who are just people and Wendell, people that they say don't even deserve to have win. And to see her not fall for Sandra's anybody but me tactic, I think is incredible.
0: Yeah, I think it's becoming clearer by the week that anyone who wins survivor pretty much deserves to have been there. Like you could obviously argue that they should have lost to people who were sitting next to them or whatever. But like, if you make it that far, you're pretty good. Yeah. (laughs) And all these people are pretty good. And yeah, it was just great. I, I just love big moves that are that clever. And like, like there was nothing cruel about it. Like it was just a great move. There was no, like, real gross lying that had to happen. It was just one person facing off against another person and just wiping them out. It was beautiful.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you got to see even Kim was impressed with the move during Tribal. She, like, congratulated Denise, even though she was one of the people that got blindsided and her alliance is now, you know, split two-two in that tribe. But it, it... seeing sandra just get up and she didn't turn around she didn't cuss people out and she wasn't angry she was like man i got played and mad props to you denise for doing it
0: yeah she was like day 16 again you got me i will say the one demerit i guess is that denise didn't have all the intel she really needed because if she had known for sure that all the votes were going on her she could have saved her other idol Mm -hmm. she was able to play it extremely conservatively because you know she had two idols obviously the other things that happened there were jeremy feeling slightly in danger he was saved kim being sort of trapped in the middle not really sure what to make of her at this point they're portraying her more as a helpless in the middle than some of the other in the middle people Mm -hmm. and tony this is probably a good transition into talking about old school players (laughs) even though i don't know if he's a super old school player his his first season was season 28 but he's playing like an old school player who doesn't know how to learn new tricks because he spent most of this episode hiding in a bush and his tactic is so well known that everyone was like don't talk because we don't know where he is he's probably hiding and i found that really really funny and a really good indicator of how some of the older school players are just being left behind by people who are much more subtle and in the background and indirect than they are all trained to be.
1: Yeah, it's really funny to see Tony freaking out and stressed out. At least that's how he claimed. He said, I'm super stressed out, yo. I don't know... if we're talking about old school versus new school, old school is like what you said f- flashy, showy. You have the dictator, Rob, you know, who's just telling everyone what to do. You have Sandra, who's subtle but loud enough to sway everybody and, you know, talks to everybody. And it's very interesting to see these old schoolers maybe getting outplayed or maybe they are the old school and haven't been able to build those relationships outside of the game like other people have you know the internet was still probably not in every home when some of these people played (laughs) and it's, it's just like that's a weird concept to think about but it's definitely apparent that these old school players are being left behind if you look at the last three vote outs you have Rob you have Parvati you have Sandra like the big three voted out these last three times and You don't really see that trend changing until there's none left.
0: Yeah, and Natalie, who won season 29, is the only person even close to being a new player on Edge of Extinction right now. It's Ethan, Danny, who won season 11, Amber, Rob, Tyson, whose first season was within the first 20, (laughs) Parvati, and Sandra. And they're just being taken out one by one it's almost like the game's not going to start until all of the older players are gone it's crazy
1: and this is the hope i have because i don't know how well or how poorly it's going but yule as far as an old school player seems like he's been able to stay under the radar and i don't think anyone even views him
0: as an old school
1: player which is weird because he's definitely not a new school player, but the way... He won season 13. The way that, yeah, the way that he's been able to hang out with these people and be a part of it, like, I actually watched through both tribals twice, and I don't... After watching it once, I was like, wait, did you even speak? And I had to pay attention because he only got to speak, like, two times, and then it wasn't even, like, a long thing. Like, you have Jeremy's memorable duck analogy, you have just all these other things happening like i just you don't remember yule and i think that that's one of the the best things about the way he's playing is people like him he's getting people to like him and then he's staying out of his own way
0: and sort of dictating what happens still the whole way like he's he's playing brilliantly so far Mm -hmm. so denise tony jeremy and kim left over on We'll see what happens, uh, who the old school person is that gets back in, or maybe it'll just be Natalie <laughs> and we'll wipe out all of those old school people. Obviously we don't know how many times we will see Edge of Extinction come back into play. I'm guessing it'll be similar to last time where one person will come in around the merge and then everyone else will hang out until the final six or so, but hopefully they won't just award it to whoever makes it that far like they did last time. Yeah. Uh... I would actually be fascinated to see Chris Underwood play on this season because he felt so undeserving that I just would be fascinated to watch what would happen.
1: Well, he it's funny because he was so undeserving for 90% of the game. And if the edit is true... He was absolutely the most deserving for the last four or five days. Right. How long he got to come back. Yeah,
0: he smoked everyone in that four or five day period.
1: So, had we got to see a whole season of him playing, maybe we wouldn't feel so bitter about it. But yeah, Is- it, it's going to be interesting once they start bringing these probable old schoolers back in the game if they can last a little bit longer their second time this season.
0: So on her way out the door, Sandra gave her fire token to Yule. Not exactly sure why, but good for him. And there you have it. So what do you say, Ty? You want to get into our power rankings here for week six of season 40?
1: I think it's time.
0: All right. I'll start us off. My number three, we just were talking about him in my power rankings for this week, is our boy Yule. Just has never been in the spotlight has helped take out the poker player alliance has found himself in yet another majority alliance on his new tribe with nick wendell and michelle and he has been so smart and so impressive i'm honored to put him in my top three
1: i respect that pick but for my number three i have to go with ben Even though I feel like Sarah and Sophie are the two leaders of that tribe, I think Ben even said he's connecting with people socially and he's making his way into the game. I think he's finally catching up and he was on a team that won immunity. And I think it's hard because we don't get to see them as much, but I think Ben at least had a really strong opening to this episode and I think that he's learning how to play the social game well enough That he'll be able to, once the merge comes around, figure out which side, which tribal alliance he wants to go with, and then be able to play his own game. And I think that we got to see a little bit of that. So for that, I'm going to give Ben my number three this week.
0: From that same tribe, I put Sophie at number two. I felt that, you know, maybe I'm affected by watching the two episodes back to back, but like watching her take control in the episode the week before and managed to orchestrate the rob vote out along with sarah despite not really being able to talk with people that much was pretty cool and she's really just found her footing and she helped win the immunity challenge in some form or fashion obviously and uh i just feel really good about her position there with sarah i guess you could kind of maybe give this spot to both of them but sophie and her rise from invisibility early on in the season to where she is now is the reason i have her at number two
1: that's a good pick but i'm gonna give my number two to your number three i think you who we talked about at length already is playing well and he seems like the old school guy that's gonna carry the torch for everybody else even though the olympic torch isn't making its way yet I, I just think that love, he's gonna be able to keep going.
0: Yeah, I just love how like I wanna root for like everyone. Like obviously yeah. we like Wendell. I found myself rooting for Michelle just because she's proving people like me wrong. We love <laughs> Nick. We love Yule. Denise really made a move for herself this week. Tony, I don't know if I root for Tony, but I love having him around.
1: Yeah.
0: Jeremy obviously is a longtime favorite of ours. Kim, I am just not as familiar with. Jury's still out there. And we're sitting here talking about Sarah and Sophie, Sarah and Sophie being great. Uh, and Ben and Adam, we've had fun times with in the past as well. It's just like so exciting to have people that we are just simultaneously impressed or awed by in different ways. So speaking of, my number one, I don't think this should come as any surprise if you watched this week's episode, is Denise... She's the new queen. She slayed the queen, took out Sandra, made a huge move, vaulted her visibility to huge new heights in this episode, and was just, mm, just perfect up.
1: I echo that. She's also my number one, obviously, taking out the queen, something big. I thought it was funny how she said, I've never had power like this ever. Like, And when she did have the chance... To use her power, she did, and she stepped up, and she made it happen, and honestly, I think that people are going to respect her for it, but not in a way that puts a giant target on her back, so mad props to her, she definitely had the best episode, by far.
0: Yeah, I guess the only question going forward is, where does she actually stand on that tribe? Because all the other votes were for her, (laughs) and it does seem like Jeremy was with her at a certain point, but... Maybe now that it's a little more of a free-for-all, things will get interesting. Sandra alluded to Tony and Jeremy getting close, some kind of police officer, firefighter bond in her exit interview. And Kim has seemed like a free agent so far. So I'm, I'm really interested to see what happens. Hopefully we get to watch these tribes of four for one more week and then maybe we'll get a merge.
1: Yeah, I, I want to know when they're going to break down because we're sitting at 12 players now. Uh, I think maybe they could do another double vote out um, and get to the I timing feel like before the merge happens.
0: They have to do these double vote outs because of the people who are just going to come back. Mm-hmm. So like, you kind of have to orchestrate more votes per week than usual in order to get down to the end at the right time. We'll see. Good stuff, great stuff. Really happy to have a distraction like this during our uh, borderline nationwide shutdown. Not mandated, surely, but most businesses seem to be closed. Most people seem to be working from home. I hear kids outside playing all day, every day. I don't know. Stay safe out there, guys. Wash your hands.
1: Yeah, wash your hands. Don't touch your face. I touch my face... It's like so hard. Hundreds <laughs> of times a day. I, just, I scratch my cheek... I touch my lips. I rub my nose anytime I got like that itch. It's that just, itch. Don't touch. Yeah, just don't touch your I face. I don't.
0: I don't think I realized how much I touched my face until all of this.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you rub sweat off your forehead. Like just, just anything. Stay <laughs> away from it. Stay safe. Stay healthy.
0: <sighs> yep, that's it. Stay healthy. Remember. Oh, remember peanut butter. Quick shout out to Tyson, who we forgot to talk about. Solving the Rising Tide clue, finding an uh, idol nullifier that he sold to Parvati only for her to immediately be voted out soon after, and buying himself some peanut butter to prepare himself for the potential return challenge. It was fun.
1: You can't knock his logic. I like that he's like, well, I got these tokens, but I can't use an idol on, so I might as well just have some protein. You might as well. (laughs)
0: Yeah, good stuff. Honestly, my favorite part of it was watching Ethan's Twitter video where someone edited in little Ethan's just popping up during the Edge of Extinction sequence because he didn't get shown during this episode. So he tweeted like, look how much I was in this episode. And it was just little his face popping up in different areas. (laughs) (sighs) Good stuff from our boy, Ethan. So congrats to everyone for being winners being on survivor and uh yeah i think you already talked last week about the fact that they're delaying production on the next season right yep so hopefully everyone can stay inside social distance yourselves and that'll help survivor come back sooner rather than later and much much more (laughs) will help save lives uh get us all back to normalcy some sense of normalcy at some point who can say when certainly not us All we can talk about is watching too much Survivor. So, until next time, remember, there's close to 8 million rocks on this island, and we know that because we've counted every single one. For Tyler B. Commons, I'm Taylor P. Gaines. We will talk to you next time on the island. Live here on the island. Are you gonna survive when you're gonna be as living a life on the island. And you're living a survivor on the island. I'm not good at making these things up. as well. <laughs> that is right.